did this ourselves. They're coming. It can't be. Where is everyone? Hey, Survivors, you're listening to the Apocalypse Postcast, your source for the best in post-apocalypse fandom. And today I'm bringing you the nitty-gritty on a new dust city that's going to bring the thunder down under and maybe burn some things down along the way. This brand new festival is being tagged as Australia's first major Wastelander event, and I've got one of the organizers here to tell you all about it. Now don't get me wrong, the Mad Max Museum in Silverton, Australia has been holding Mad Max events for years, but a new feral kid on the block called Poxy Clips is going to hold a Wasteland-styled event with full-on costumes, vehicles, and main stage entertainment that is sure to be worth the seven-hour drive from Perth on Australia's west coast. Pox Eclipse is coming up in August of this year, so get ready to party on Max's home turf with actual bottle cap currency, a full entertainment lineup, and truck-mounted siege weaponry? Stay tuned to hear all about it. Also, I just got word from V2A, who I interviewed on this show a couple months ago, and they're going to be hosting their very own festival back on the other side of the world in the UK. I'll be talking to them about it soon, so look for that episode coming up here on the Apocalypse Postcast. The world is slowly going post-apocalyptic, people, but the fun version. There's so many festivals now around the world, and everyone's putting their own spin on it. It's just plain rad. Anyway, I'm your host, Makeshift, and I'm about to have my chat with Kristen all about Pox Eclipse right after this quick radio broadcast. these parts of the wasteland used to be crawling with raiders. Folks that just couldn't get along and tried to take things that wasn't theirs. And they got away with it for a little while too. But then all that changed the day Dead Raider Jerky came to town. Now in three styles. Original, spicy rads, and extra crispy. Every sack of Dead Raider Jerky is slow roasted to tender perfection on a hot rock under the red sky. The way mama nature intended. Dead Raider Jerky. Fuck it. Let's eat the bastards. All right, survivors, welcome to the show, Kristen Angel. How you doing? Eh, not too bad. I'm a long way from you. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So it's nighttime there. It's daytime here. I'm having coffee. You're having what? Uh, Jackson Coke. <laughs> I wish I could join you in that, but it is way too early for me. One day. Yeah, and uh, and the and also not only are we opposite times, but uh, you're going into what fall? No, winter. And I'm heading into summer. It's getting hot over here, but you guys are cooling off, right? It's pretty chilly over here at the moment. Yeah, we've actually got heaters going on at the moment up here. Oh, yeah, that so, is pretty wild. Yeah, you don't often think that about Australia, but yeah, it gets pretty chilly. I live in Tom Price, which is kind of yeah in the Pilbara, so it gets pretty um, cold out here. In the desert God. region. Yeah, the uh, the desert's kind of fun because uh, you know I've said this before with with some of my hints and tricks for wasteland is it, it gets hot, but it can get really cold. And I, I think a lot of people that don't live near the desert don't realize just how cold it can get. Yeah. And it's, and it's going to get cold at our event as well. So yeah, we'll be um, recommending everyone brings lots of uh, bear skins, etc. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So tell me about your event. Um, you have a brand new event coming up. This is—is is this going to be the first one in Australia that is like a wasteland-esque post-apocalypse festival? It is. So, as everyone knows, they have the Silverton Collective ones, um, which are um, very Mad Max-based, I guess. Um, 
and they're amazing and they attract a lot of international people and I'm, and I'm very aware of those events and I, and I really appreciate and like what the guys are doing. But um, being a burner um, and I guess Wasteland having burner roots and us having an understanding of where we wanted to be with an event like this, um, we started talking about it about three years ago and um, found a place that's uh, quite a long way off any sort of cities. It's four hours from Jordan, seven hours from Perth in a little town called Kew. Um, and we found a really great spot there um, in a breakaway and decided to go for it and do the event out there. So it has a lot of challenges being so far from everywhere, but um, yeah, we're, we're going for it. So it's gonna, it is the first sort of major wastelander type event in Australia, yeah. Oh, that's crazy, so cool. Really, when you think about it. Nah, no kidding. I, you know, I've, I've seen in the online forums, people have been kind of begging for a post-apocalypse festival of this uh, caliber in Australia for quite some time. And I know a lot of Aussies have been like, you know, I wish I could make it to the US. I wish there was something closer to me. So is that kind of the answer that you guys are, or the calling that you're answering to? Um, yeah, it is. I mean, I've been keeping an eye on those forums as well. But, and, and I'm one of those people that wanted something like this. Um, there was um, there was an event over here called Burnout, which we were really keen on going to check out as well, which was kind of like, I guess it's kind of like, it was a pretty old school sort of um it reminded me of desolation center or something over, mm -hmm. over east. but um that one seems to be slowing down as well covid's got a lot of there's a lot of challenges with that you know with um events and festivals moving all over the place and trying to sort of steer around that so yeah. it's got its own challenges for that but yeah we are trying to be the answer to that like something a bit closer to home and sort of um like you know wasteland weekend did massive things for the community of people that were looking for a home um, that were into Mad Max. And um, we sort of looked from afar at what was going on over there and then how it sort of spread out through America and Europe. And we really wanted to have something here. And yeah, I guess it is. We wanted to create that answer. Awesome. Now, yeah. And how long have you guys been like following along with uh, what us Americans have been doing with, with uh, Mad Max? Uh, have uh, you, really, have you... a really long time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I've, I've probably been, watching wasteland weekend for at least five years like what's been going on there and um the youtube channels are crazy because sometimes like they would just set up a camera and, and like just film wasteland weekend like a like, street for like three hours and, um, <laughs> those those are mine <laughs> yeah i'll actually sit there and watch those i, I just, awesome. like, will sit there and watch the like the whole thing go oh wow you know like look at look at everyone participating and just checking out you know sort of um yeah the world and this and the and and the, and the world escaping and you know how it all sort of works and then I, th I think with pox eclipse i'm sort of like looking at that and referencing that and then sort of coming up with little ideas that sort of we've learned along the way with blazing swan and um the community there and also we get involved with larp as well so we've let everyone know this is definitely not a lot but it, it, it is aspects of it in there somehow and um the community is kind of engaged and they'll be coming up as well so it's going to be a very interesting mixture of people at this event we've, we've engaged like some of the older guys, you know, they're in their fifties and um, early sixties that are into hot rodding and um, actual, there's an actual interceptor coming up as well, which is owned by this great awesome. guy called Kevin over here. Um, he's amazing. He's bringing up uh, two semis um, loaded with cars. Um, oh so you've got that, that crew and then you've got um, older, the older generation that like just love the movies that are coming up. And then you've got the younger generation, the guys in their twenties and thirties that are into the LARP stuff. And then you've got the burners coming up. And then you just got the the people that are into the music coming up as well. We've got really good local bands coming up to play, um, all in theme, and um, so it's a it's a great melting pot that is sort of arriving at this location in the middle of nowhere, and very excited about that. 
That's great. And I love that you mentioned that it's not a LARP, but there'll, there will be LARPing. Because we say that about Wasteland too, how it's, it, Wasteland is not a LARP, but it's also not, not a LARP because people yeah. will jump in and out of character. Scenes will get set up. Improvs will get set up. Um, there's a lot of like in-character stuff that happens. And I think that those are kind of fun, but I also love that when the scene is done, you can kind of like back out of it, be yourself again, you know, uh, yeah. hug your enemies, love your neighbors, you know, like jump in yeah. and out of it. I think it's kind of cool. And I get, I get messages and calls all the time with um, people that are participating that want to do these things, you know, can, can we do this? Can we perform this? Can we act this out at the event? And it's like, you know, um, taking into consideration, um, you know, other people's personal space and, um, all that kind of thing. Like we, we come to an agreement and there is a lot of people that really want to perform and act out these things on site. So yeah, the world building is already there. And a lot of, the, a lot of these people, um, you know, have never been to, uh, an event like this. They just already have an understanding of what, what it's kind of like, just, I guess, through the information that we're delivering and they want to participate. Awesome. Now you mentioned that the name that you went with, with, for the festival is Pox Eclipse. Where did that come from? And man, I wish I thought of it. <laughs> yeah um so um i am one of the i'm one of those people that just really appreciate every single mad max film sort of equal measures i love uh-huh. the storytelling throughout and and like um fury road absolutely blew me away but you know thunderdome i really really like as well and um yeah the lost tribe in the thunderdome they call the apocalypse in their storytelling the pox eclipse because mm-hmm. their um english is a little broken right and i just thought that was a a great name for, you know, a post-apocalyptic esque sort of event. Um, so we're focusing on sort of like the, the breakdown of, um, society through the oil crisis all the way through to the pox clips as well. So we're embracing all of that storytelling within the event. And, um, yeah, I just, I just thought that was a great name. It sort of stuck in my head and I really wanted to name that. And I fought against a few of the guys that were involved in the event very early on to call it that. And, um, <laughs> we went with it. Awesome. It's a great homage to the Mad Max series for sure. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So, and and how much uh, how much is this festival going to be a Mad Max specific festival and how much are you bringing in some of the other genres like Fallout's a very popular one and and other post-apocalypse stories? I mean, I think naturally some of that stuff will blend in, but my, me personally, I come from a very so like Mad Max background. So like I'm really focusing on the Mad Max stuff, all the emails that I'm putting out on the website, it's very Mad Max heavy. Yeah. But if um, people want to bring other elements of, of um, other post public big stories into it, I'm all for that. Um, I really love the Juggers film as well. Like I'm, I'm uh-huh. it's just such a fantastic film. And I've always seen that as being part of the same world as Mad Max because it was kind of shot in Cooper PD. You know, there's a lot of Australian actors in there. Um, right. You know, the, 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 the um, underground city that they visit really reminds me of some of the worlds that are created in Mad Max. I've always seen that in the same realm. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how, you know, what other things people are going to embrace and bring to the story. But I know some of the, like myself and some of the older guys that are coming, they're very much into the Mad Max stuff all the way through to Fury Road as well. Um, I actually found a Trans Am out here at the Speedway that was sitting on top of a um, Range Rover chassis with a v8 in it and it was just sat down there all jacked up and i was looking at it and I was going, oh wow that's an amazing vehicle that someone's been trying to put together and um i didn't have the time for it but i sent a photo of it through to the guys down in perth and they actually just chucked it on a truck and got it shipped down there paid 500 dollars for it and they're trying to get it ready for the event so oh sweet extremely uh fury road looking vehicle if they get that going for the event nice oh heck yeah awesome and are, are there any genres that you're disallowing because i know that you know at wasteland 
they don't do zombies they don't do aliens they don't do mutants so we're not doing doing aliens we're not doing zombies um i don't really you know like borderlands is kind of like i prefer to steer clear from it just because of the comic sort of style Uh of it i prefer to base it like i've really been suggesting that people sort of focus in on the costume design around mad max and um and also the juggers like that the muted tones and i've seen some of the things that people are putting together and they're kind of very motorcycle armor heavy and you know, cap armor and things like that. So the things that I've seen people putting together look really great. Um, some Volvolini stuff coming through, you know, like mm-hmm. I've seen like a, a lot of that kind of stuff as well. Um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what people come up with. Yeah. Awesome. And um, are you going to do any kind of like a themed area or for this year, are you thinking maybe more just kind of general camping and, and theme if you can? So there's a general camping area where there's sort of like no rules on the exterior of the of the gate, um, on the interior of the gate, because Australia is a little bit um, different in terms of the way that we can do and can't do things over here. So things are quite restrictive, especially when it comes to sort of liquor licensing and things like that. So there's the big fenced off area, if you can imagine, like if you're like Wasteland Weekend, once you go through that gate, you're basically in a liquor licensed area. Uh-huh. Um, it, within that area, everything's themed. And if you go out of that area to the left, there's a section where all the cars park up and we're calling that the Black Thumb Quarter. Uh-huh. And that's um, that's all themed as well. So there'll be like a little service station there and we've got an oil derrick, which is actually a fire sculpture that we're going to build up. Cool. Um, off to the side there as well. So that will be sort of a solar powered and it'll sort of be pumping away the entire event. And then um, on the last night, we're going to attempt to um, set it on light with a fireball from a trebuchet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. I need to picture this. Did you say it's like an oil derrick type of type of deal? Yeah, so we're building an oil derrick and it's um it's kind of gonna be about uh three point eight meters from the ground where the pivot point is. Uh-huh. And then the actual derrick itself will be about three meters long as well, all made of wood. Oh my gosh. Um, and then and that that we kind of like a sculpture that sort of just does its thing during the, the event. Uh-huh. sort of sits there pumping and then um on the last night we're, it's in the middle of like this little track where the the guys get to um sort of cruise around their cars during the day yeah and last night we're going to attempt to sort of do a couple of laps with the cars sort of like it looks like a marauder group sort of rolling up on this thing uh-huh. we've got a trebuchet which will be mounted on the back of the truck oh and, um, my lord and so we need to get it sort of set up so that the truck is the correct distance away we'll have it pre preset pre-marked so we can get the fireball within the vicinity of the um the uh derrick so that it'll all go up in in flames and hopefully keep <laughs> pumping a bit while it's burning <laughs> oh you guys have to film this please oh, tell um, me yeah please tell like, me there's going to be a camera crew yeah there's going to be camera crews and stuff out there We've okay got a couple of really good videographers and a couple of really good sort of um uh photographers as well so we're in within the uh wasteland like within the area that we call pox clips like little township there's going to be no um phones allowed um only because i just don't want people uh-huh. whipping their phones out all the time and sort of taking it away from the the world building um uh-huh. so yeah it's important that we have our own official photographers that'll sort of be on site that can sort of pull people aside and good get a snap with them you know and and then out in the black thumb quarter photography is allowed as well so after the cars do their thing about three o'clock every day, they'll pull up and people can get photos with all the cars in costume and everything. So. Oh, so fantastic. Um, uh, I, that image alone, 
<laughs> just this this final uh, siege weaponry fireball. I mean, that's more than enough to sell this festival to me. Yeah, well, it's um, you know, a lot of people don't know about that kind of thing. So, like, it's just uh, these visions that we sort of come up with, and we, we're we're um, going forward and just doing them. You know, so in the background, yeah. we're just building all this stuff, but we haven't really advertised any of that. We actually haven't advertised much at all. To be I, I fought like I fought a nail and tooth to just not have any social media for this event. Um, oh wow! And the thing with social media is like it's got such a a group such a hold on people now it's like that's that's the expectation is that everything has social media so i struggled along with mailchimp and doing a website for a really long time hoping that we could just you know you know we'd just get enough attention and people would yeah you know but um it wasn't really working for us so the other day i sort of got voted out by a couple of the other directors about the social media <laughs> thing and all of a sudden a pox clips thing popped up on facebook but i was um a bit gutted but you know this yeah uh, seems to be the way of the world so, um, yeah, the, I mean that's 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 the way you got to kind of have to have that constant um, connection to people now. Um, you know those reminders, those hypes, those you know getting getting the the photography out there and just letting people know what to expect. I think you yeah. know people are also really savvy. They don't want to go to what was that festival we had down in down in the Florida Keys or something where it was just an absolute train wreck. You know, the, people the are savvy festival. to that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's that's really funny you mentioned that because I remember early on when we started doing this and and everyone was like oh what's this you know it's a startup thing no one's ever heard of it. it's in the middle of nowhere are they going to have the facilities and the world was just getting out and someone did say like oh I'd hate to rock up and it be another like a wasteland fire festival <laughs> 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 so we promise it won't be a fire festival good well, be, there'll be fire but it won't be the fire the fire festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there will be fire. It won't be the fire festival. I like early, that. Early on, I kind of like, I was, uh, I put this sort of statement on my Facebook page and I just, just for my mates, you know, because mine's kind of locked down and said, look, I'm having this party in the desert and it's going to be like a Mad Max Wastelander style thing. You guys are invited. I don't really care if I, you know, get, you know, 70 people, 50 people, or if it's 400 people, I don't really care, but uh -huh. we're doing it. Um, and then once we got really serious about it and looking into what it actually meant to do this thing and the infrastructure and everything that we needed, we started realizing that we do actually need like 300 people out there. So, Oh, gotcha. Just to pay for the infrastructure, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So generators, the toilet blocks, the water supply, the fuel right. supply, like just getting all that stuff in and out of there, we do actually need to sell 300 tickets. Gotcha. Just, just, now, just for the first year, yeah. Yeah. And um, so Wasteland Weekend... In about 25 minutes, you can be to a, a little town called California City that has everything you need for a camping trip as far as, you know, supplies, gasoline, water, all that good stuff. But yeah. you guys are going to be out in the middle of nowhere. So what's the other extra considerations for that? I know you already mentioned you're going to have water there. Well, so queue the town as 120 people. I think they got on the last census that live in that <laughs> town. And it's um, probably it's, it's about nine kilometers like the site is about nine kilometers from that small town. So you have, if you go there, there's things there, but like not everything okay. that you require. So, um, there's actually gotcha. a really nice little hotel there that, um, has just recently been done up and, um, they do really good coffee and burgers. There. It's, it's an amazing place, but, um, yeah, oh, so good. there's, there's stuff there, but it's still isolated enough that if there was an accident or anything like that, then it's not that easy to get out. So there's an airport there and there's a flying doctor and all that kind of stuff that could you to Geraldton if there's an accident, but there's those kinds of things that we need to consider, um, in all of our sort of, um, emergency planning, 
Um, and then toilets and things like that, there's nowhere to, that supplies them around there. So they have to come from a city called Geraldton, which is four hours away on the oh, coast. Wow. So like to- getting toilet blocks in is like, um, we, we uh, were lucky enough to find um, someone in town that was able to supply us generators so we didn't have to get them all across, all the way across from Geraldton. So that's uh-huh. fantastic. And the locals are just loving the idea. They used to have a festival out there called Q-Fest, which was cancelled. I think COVID made it a bit harder when the main organisers sort of left town. Uh-huh. So it fell over. So they're really looking for something there that will invigorate that town like sort of yearly and oh, they're quite excited about the concept. So, yeah, they're pretty happy to help us out. They've been very supportive. Oh, that's um, so that's so helpful to have the locals on your side. Yeah, and the and the property itself is crown land as well. So it's um, the council's land, and it's actually a a rifle range, a defunct pistol club. So um, yeah, it's just a little reserve that was there for you know firearms, and it's sort of not really being used anymore. And they're happy to give it to us. I think they've locked it down for five uh, three years for us. <laughs> Jesus oh, back. fantastic. Nice. So tell me a little bit more about the location. Like what, what's the view? I know you said it's in the desert, but, uh, is, is there any kind of a, you know, beautiful desert landscape there? Is there any, yeah, um, old infrastructure? Is, yeah, there is. Um, so there's, as you're driving in, there's a couple of old, um, sort of water tanks. Some have been blown off their stands and there's the, an, an old shed, which was the club, like it was the pistol club shed. And uh-huh. and, and it's all kind of rickety looking and, and broken down. To get down there, actually, I have to fi- follow a, like a power line corridor. So as you're coming into the space, you start getting like this sense that you're going somewhere sort of off grid um, down this sort of white sand road. And then as you come into the space where the event is held, it's in a breakaway, which is kind of like where all the land has eroded. So you get... It's, it's um if you can imagine like a cliff face it's set in amongst a cliff face if you remember barter town like you know in front of, in front of the beyond thunderdome was kind of like set in like a quarry space so they had that kind of cliff edge around the back of it it reminds yeah. me of that and um it was the first site that they showed us when we went to queue looking for sites and um they took us there because there was an old sculpture that was left there from a burning man vent i think that's that they said it was in 2005 there's a big oh, sculpture wow. that just stuck out of the ground, like this big iron um, sort of, it's kind of like a, almost like an Icarus looking thing. And um, yeah, it was a fire sculpture and it looks like the structure kind of got very hot when they burnt it and it kind of got a bit of a <laughs> lean to it and it's just stuck there. So we had a look at that space and we thought like, you know, it's, it looks a bit small. So we went driving for a couple of days looking for spaces to use out there. We couldn't find anything sort of as nice as that. And um yeah, upon returning there and camping there a few times, it's a really, really nice place to camp. It's beautiful. Spot. Oh, that's great. There's actually a video of it um, on the uh, Pox Clips website in the news section, in the news uh-huh. feed. There's a video from the first visit we went down there and we had um, Shannon, one of the guys that's um, in the production team, brought a drone down and, and shot the space. So if you want to check out what it looks like, it's, it's there. And um, you can see with the drone being so high in the sky, like how sort of you know, stuck in the middle of nowhere, the site is as well. Nice. And remind everybody what that website is. Um, Pox-eclipse.com. Pox-eclipse.com. I'm putting it in right now so I can have a little look at it. There's a little video about juggers there as well. So the um, theme camp that I'm involved in, the burner theme camp is called the Church of Belligerence. And um, uh, Tyranny... Uh, one of the guys in the church, he's been running a Juggers um, game at um, Blazing Swan for the last couple of years. Uh, nice. But, yeah, the Australian Juggers are a bit, a bit different. 
Um, I keep telling them to put more armor on, but some of them get out there with G-strings and uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, vicious. Kind of like Australian rugby. Like, why why aren't you guys wearing any pads? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like that. But, you know, when you see it, when you see a quick in just a G-string and not much else, it's a, yeah. It's, it's That's different. pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they seem to think they go faster if they got less clothes on. They might be right. <laughs> Well, maybe it makes the uh, the opposing jugger team not want to uh, take them out, not want to get too close. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's a psychological advantage. Yeah. yeah, just you got you got Borat on your team, and no one wants to fight against you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't encourage them. Uh, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, well, that's um, on there that video. So that's yes. And so while you're while you while we're giving the uh, hard information on the on the event, tell me when it's coming up and how much the tickets are. So tickets are two hundred dollars. Um, the event is on the twenty sixth to twenty ninth of August. Um, but people are encouraged to get there the evening before. So if you get there on the twenty fifth and set up and everything, then the gates open around eleven o'clock with all the fanfare parades. So we've got quite a few cars coming. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, similar to Wasteland Weekend, we'll do the parade through the gate and um, everyone will watch that come through. And then another thing that we do in Australia is the Welcome to Country, where we um, have a local um, um, traditional landowner come and sort of welcome everyone onto the land. And that'll be oh, cool. straight after the, the entry into the gate and everyone can pay their respects there. And then uh, we'll get the party started. Nice. Oh, very cool. All right. So it's going to be, um, those dates are a Thursday to Sunday, but you're saying everyone can arrive on a Wednesday to start setting up. That's pretty cool. We've, we've, uh, we've had to do that with Wasteland too. It's like kind of do that early invite for people that are coming to build. Um, and that used to be just a day and now it's like three or four days and it's actually helped out quite a bit. Yeah. I heard that. Well, I've just got a snippet of some audio from one of the Wasteland videos that I was watching and, um, someone said, oh, it takes so long to get in. Like yeah. get in through the gate. So yeah, it must be, yeah. I mean, how many numbers are you getting there now? It's quite high, isn't it? Um, the last event was over 5,000. I think this year coming up will probably be a little bit below that just because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're, uh, Wasteland's doing vaccines mandatory. Um, and so some people either can't get a vaccine because of their health issues or won't get a vaccine because we're American. <laughs> yeah. Uh because it's poisonous. Be, yeah. Yeah, it's Bill a Gates. Conspiracy. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah. Not, it's it's not our not our proudest uh side of the family. But um but yeah, so we're expecting probably a few less this year. It should be really interesting though because a lot of wastelanders like to talk about how, you know, wasteland's not like it used to be and and um you know, it, it used to be cool and now there's too many rules or too many people or too much going on. Uh, so this will be a year to kind of like, you know, re-envision what the early years were like, which will be kind of fun. Yeah. Do you feel that um, there's too many? I I don't. Um, and part of that is because of that early entry. So the Wasteland tribes, the ones that are setting up like within Wasteland City or or have big builds to do, they, they're now allowed to get there. Um, as early as the Saturday before, so mm-hmm. a good three or four days beforehand. So you yeah. kind of get that smaller, intimate festival before the festival starts yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, I um, get that. Yeah, so for those of us that have been doing it for a long time, you kind of get that like very intimate 
feel while you're doing the build, which I think is super fulfilling. I almost tell everybody pre-wasteland is better than wasteland. Um, because you know, it's there, there's so much camaraderie. Everyone's working to build the world, which is almost, you know, it's like, it's like working in a, um, in a spook house, like a Halloween haunted house type of deal. Like being part of it is almost more fun than, than, uh, doing it. If that makes sense. I think that, I think that is like, that's part of like being a crazy person is the enjoyment, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like I look around me, the guys that are helping to build this thing, they're all crazy and, um, they're crazy because (laughs) they've been doing this kind of thing for years, whether it's actual, you know, like I started out doing sort of big day out events and things like that over here, like large festivals. Uh Um, and then I went off into doing the blaze stuff, like the, the burning man regional stuff and all those guys that were into doing events that are like connected at those events. And then you connect on the fact that you, you know, you're doing all this stuff. There's, there's no incentive. There's no monetary incentive. It's all about just, um, you know, building relationships and hanging out with people and, and winning, you know, like we did it, you know, like yeah. that, that whole the incentive is like, you've completed this crazy goal. You did it. Everyone's vibing and you're definitely down to do it again. And you just do it year after year after year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's what this is. I think it's like a bunch of crazy people getting together and making it happen because we really want to see it happen here. Awesome. Now you've done, you've actually uh, organized events like this before. So I used to work in events. So like I was, um, when the big day out was around and sound wave and, uh, you know, moonlight festival and things like that, I used to work at those events. Um, I used to do this thing called the inner sanctum, which is basically preparing the backstage area for to, received like international artists so uh-huh. it was a really cool job you got to meet a lot of a lot of people and sort of get around with the triple a pass everywhere and um i guess that kind of thing really sort of grooms you to want to work in these kinds of environments of and course when the blazing swan thing sort of happened along and um i didn't really know much about burning man at all i went down there and did that event and i just saw all those organizers working so hard for and it's all volunteer you know and I, I admired that and um I thought it was great. I got involved and I had that same, you know, the feeling that you're talking about, you know, the, the, the pride, the pride of working alongside like this ragtag crew and getting stuff done. Yeah. And, um, I think just, you know, all the other events we do in the lead up during the year, organizing sort of quite large scale sort of fundraising parties and things like that. And then we would go and volunteer for other events like, uh, the wave rock, um, festival that I have down here and, um, the wild camp out, which was started up by, um, some other burners. Burners are kind of like over here sort of breaking off and doing their own festivals and things now, which is really great to see. Yeah. That's awesome. It's keeping everything really diverse because you basically like theme camps going off and doing festivals. So there's still kind of the, the theme is there, you know what I mean? And I think the way that the church of belligerence was going was, it was kind of like a post-apocalyptic sort of church that likes play metal and synth wave and things like that. You know what I mean? Like a big Uh dark church with a big fire on top of it, you know? Yeah, that's great. We, uh, so we're breaking off and doing our own festival, and it's kind of like um, it's a post-apocalyptic festival. Nice. Yeah, I, I loved them. Um, so we finally got Death Guild, who's a big Burning Man tribe, to come to Wasteland a few years ago. And yeah. uh, one of the things they mentioned was they they were the um, the crazy kids at Wasteland. They were doing this post-apocalypse thing. They were you know swearing at people while the rest of the festival was. Um, was full of you know love and radical that's acceptance. Us, that's us to a team, man. We had, <laughs> I, I rocked up there and I was like, "Where's, 
I said to myself, where's all this radical self-expression? All I'm seeing is like, you know, fairies and tree wizards and right. ponies. <laughs> like, this place needs some metal and some synth wave and something dark. And so we came down there and we brought it. That's awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. And so they, they said when they got to Wasteland, they were like, wait a second, these are our people and they're doing the same thing we're doing. This is great. You know? Um, so tell yep. me a little bit more about how um, Burning Man festivals have kind of gotten you primed to do this one to do epoxy clips um i think you you meet a lot of people that are of the same ilk you know like um one of the directors that's working on this with me um ollie he was one of the guys that started uh blazing swan over here and he was always into that when he went to burning man like he loved the thunder dome and he um was re really into like sort of the same stuff that i was into and he really wanted to see a wastelander event over here as well so you sort of bounce those ideas off each other. And then, you know, Tyranny got really into the juggers thing. And it's, you connect the dots, you know? After yeah. a while, like, everyone's like, oh, no, well, you know, we really want this, you know? And then I've been hanging around guys in the car scene for a really long time. And you know that there's guys that are just really want to get out there and, 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 you know, cruise around in their hot rods in the desert. And so you just connect the dots and the community yeah. comes together and, and sort of off you go. And having something like Wasteland and all the other events, internationally they're sort of emulating the mad max thing is just extra inspiration to you know to understand that it can be done and it is being done and um they look great they look epic they look like the kinds of parties that i want to go to and i want to build the kind of party that i want to go to my friends or my friends to come to that party you know so yeah awesome and um knowing how much work you've got to do to put this thing on are are you and your team are you guys making time so that each of you can like have off hours and enjoy the festival that you put together um, yeah, we are. We've got like quite a big team. We've got a, we've got a, I mean, we got an org chart and it's kind of structured in such a way that people are going to be managing different clubs and stages. So mm -hmm. being the first year, we're building a lot of the spaces that people are going to inhabit. So we're building the Sugartown Cabaret. Um, we're building Brown Shoes, which is like my weird sort of meta throwback to the original Mad Max where he talks about his dad. So it's kind of going to be like a slow grind <laughs> club. Nice. Um, and uh, then we're building the Thunderdome um, and the main stage and Barry's Bar, which is the main bar. So we're building all of, the, all of those items because we had to, you know what I mean? Like we, don't, we don't necessarily yeah. think that we're going to get people the first year just, you know, storming in and setting up amazing themed camps. Um, so... We, uh, we're building all those spaces and each one of those spaces has got managers to manage them. Um, Great. My, my role as one of the directors is basically like uh, production. Um, I conceptualize the event. I do all the main art production stock type stuff and then under me I've got people that do the technical production and then you've got Turtle who runs all the other technical stuff as far as um, medical and um, liquor licensing and organizing the bar, but he's got a whole team under him as well. And then Ollie is all like sort of HR and um, organizing people camps, um, the guys with the cars and the theme stuff. So he's got people working under him as well. So we will be able to sort of wander off and, um, and, and enjoy ourselves a little bit. But the thing is like we, we enjoy the work. So we'll always yeah. have a radio on us. We'll always be available. We'll always be working, but we'll still be enjoying ourselves. Awesome. Oh, so cool. And are you guys um, having volunteers to um, kind of, work out all the uh, jobs that need to be done it's it's very it's very heavy on volunteers yeah so um a lot of the guys that are sort of involved with um blazing swan and stuff are coming to the party um for the volunteer side of it 
Um, so, and because of the, the startup capital that we require, like volunteers are sort of like paying a lower um, price ticket to come to the event. Uh-huh. And all the um, event sort of organizers are paying like a low price too, like a half price ticket basically Got to it. come and work at the event. So that we just <laughs> we just require that. Like I've bought my ticket, you know what I mean? So yeah. we just require that startup capital. Um, but like you say, like the payoff is kind of like in the fact that, you know, you're rewarded, you're in the incentive is that you work it, you complete it, you, you win it and, um, you come back and you're involved again the next time. So we're really building it. We're really building on that sort of burner vibe the first year round out of necessity. Uh And then we're hoping that we can actually build it to the point over the next three years where it's bringing in some capital and we can start paying people because we want to pay the performers. Uh-huh. Uh, like um, another, I guess another sort of um, we've working in events for a really long time. You get to meet like a lot of bands and things like that. So like those guys are coming up and performing for us for free, uh-huh. um, you know, and, and they're going to be out of pocket. And um, we really appreciate that. We understand, um, you know, the commitment, and we're super appreciative of it. And they're excited about coming, and the same as us. And um, we really want to pay artists. So I want to build this to the point where it's getting enough. We've got enough punters to come in and we can pay those artists and then potentially also bring people over from the East coast to perform as well. We've had interest from people over there. Um, oh, so good. Yeah. that are, Because people just love Mad Max and they want to come to an yeah. event that is Mad Max. And if you can help them to get there, you know, um, I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned that you get some live bands coming. Uh, what do you got scheduled for this year? And, um, what, what bands have already signed on? So um, our good friend Moana is bringing her band. Um, we've worked and collaborated with Moana for a really long time now. She was, um, I booked her for like a fundraiser for Blazing Swan actually years ago. But her music is kind of like psychedelic rock. It's got a pretty dark edge and it can get quite heavy as well. Cool. Um, and their most recent sort of film clip that they did Um yeah, it's got kind of like that sort of dystopian, sort of post-apocalyptic vibe to it. Nice. Um, Injured Ninja uh, doing the Epic of Gilgamesh. So Injured Ninja are a band. Epic of Gil- Gilgamesh is kind of like a performance that they do, a theatrical okay. performance. It's really heavy on the costuming and drums. So I think they have about oh, six fun. drummers on it. Oh, and, cool. Um, <laughs> and they, they get all dressed up like they're kind of like painted in clay and their hair is all matted up and everything. They look like they've just been dragged out of a mire. Nice. They're really cool. Um, Dan Howells is coming as well. He's um, he's very sort of like folk rocky. Um, he also um, is going to be coming in like heavy sort of post-apocalyptic makeup in his band. Uh-huh. Um, they're great. Uh, Revenant, who's our good friend Julian, he's quite involved in sort of the entertainment part of the event as well and the build and everything. He's a great guy, but he plays electric violin. He's putting something together that opens with a theremin, then goes into electric violin. It's got acoustic. Um, it's got like percussion with forty-four gallon drums in a team of people. Forty-four gallon drums. That's going to oh be Oh my gosh! Yeah, that'll yeah. be fun. <laughs> and um, there's Rotha Fenra, who are like a sort of like a fantasy metal band. Um, they, I guess, like uh, almost medieval, but they're designing an entire set based in the, a post-apocalyptic world. It's <laughs> nice. going to be really interesting to see. And they they rock out with. They've performed at another event that we do called Friday the Thirteenth. We do it every Friday the Thirteenth. Um, and they're just amazing to watch, really fun guys. And the last Quokka, they're sort of booked to come along and they're kind of like a, 
let last quokka. You know, that's pretty. Do you know what a quokka is? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking a crock pot. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> a quokka, a quokka <laughs> is a little marsupial that lives on an island in Western Australia called Rot, Rot Nest. Uh-huh. Um, no, is- I don't like, I've had a couple of jacks, so I might not be completely accurate at this, but <laughs> I think the Dutch discovered Rot Nest, like, you know, back in the day and thought the quokka was a lot of rats. And so Rot Nest means rat nest. So the uh, okay. is a rat nest. These little, um, they're, they're really cute. But anyway, the the last quokka, I guess you know, that's kind of apocalyptic sort of a name, like the last quokka. Yeah, but, it um, sure is. They uh, they're sort of post punk. They're kind of real fun, um, but they their sound is really refined. So yeah, I quite enjoy their stuff. And we've got nice. probably another six bands that are sort of banging on the door. Wanted to come. Oh, in as very well. cool. Um, and they a lot of them are quite punky, and. I'm more than happy for them to come along. We're just sort of like um, finalizing everything with those guys. Nice. Running them through what, what needs to happen. And then in the Sugartown Cabaret, so that's just the main stage. And then you've got Sugartown Cabaret, which is going to have all sorts of crazy performers sort of rolling through there during the three days. That's fantastic. It sounds like you have a, a full roster pretty much already for, for a first event. That's awesome. Yeah, we three or four bands a night at this point. Cool. Oh, man. And uh, so... We're kind of coming out of pandemic, although, you know, uh, Delta, D- Delta squad. Yeah, the Delta one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got a couple of Deltas over here at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, we've, yeah. we've, we've had a few, kind of, well, I guess several. But um, uh, are you kind of experiencing the same thing we are over here where uh, musicians and artists are just so hungry to perform again that um, they're, they're just, you said, banging on the door. Are they ready to go? They are. I think we've been quite lucky in Western Australia, especially like um, the the museos seem to still be kind of booked. You know, like oh good. We haven't we haven't we've been shut down a couple of times, but not for super lengthy periods of time. So events are still going. People are still booking events, and we've kind of got the government are sort of like incentivizing events when you know um, as far as like running the risk of closing down. So like if you can apply. So, so I'm selling tickets now. I can apply to cover costs through the government if my event is shut down because of COVID. Oh wow! So um, they're kind of what they're trying to do is sort of like uh, keep things going, even though there's yeah. we're at risk of them shutting down. So this event as well, I feel that part of the reason that the tickets aren't selling um, as 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 many as we would have liked by now is that people are just scared to buy tickets because they don't know when things are going to shut down. So they're, uh-huh. wait, they're waiting until the last minute. Which makes things really uncertain for people that are running events. Yeah, of course. Um, it takes a yeah, and then we have had events sort of just shut down as well, and then they've had a. I think the um, Blazing Swan in two thousand and nine was it 2000, 2020? 2020, Yeah, I think it was the one that was um, shut down, and yeah, that was that was hard for that event. Uh-huh. Just trying to figure out how they were going to sort of organized refunds and all that kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, that's always tough because once those tickets start coming in, you start spending and and I guess people don't realize that it's not just the builds and like renting the portos and that kind of thing, but like the permits are an early expense and getting all the getting all the government uh, sign-offs yep. each time you do that, it's dollars out of your pocket and yeah, those definitely. are kind of non-refundable. <laughs> yeah, so um, big costs are like insurance yeah, uh, I won't go into the amounts, but you know they're, they're big costs: um, insurance, um, medical, like coverage, 
and yep. um, liquor licensing as well. You know, you're paying money to to run all of that stuff. They're all the, all the things that sort of like people aren't super aware of um, when you're building an event. Um, you, you, you kind of think about the infrastructure all the time. You know what's out there: the loose, yeah. the water, the the generators, but. The, the bigger costs are actually exactly like, like you said, the licensing and, and getting things across the line. Yeah, all the red tape. A lot of red tape, yeah. Which is not the part that you love, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you've got someone on it. <laughs> well, Turtle is amazing at that stuff, to be honest. Like, he is great. Oh, good. Yeah, so he, um, yeah, he, he's been around long enough to know what needs to be done in those spaces. Awesome. Yeah, so you mentioned um, you need about 300 people just to cover costs. How, how are ticket sales doing and, and how many people are you expecting to show up? I think we're at like 140 ticket sales at the moment. Okay. Um, and we're what is it, third now? a couple of months out from the event. Yeah, you've got some time. So, yeah, there's some time there. And um, we're working on a few sort of promotional activities. Um, now that I've been um, booted out of the social media scenario. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're, we're actually um, thinking about doing a film festival at the moment. So like oh, a cool. Mad Max film festival in the lead up to the event. Um, nice so again red tape there as well so we just got to be working through like the licensing costs at the moment because it's a festival and that we want to play all the mad max films in a day Uh um there's quite like large costs to make that happen so we're just like working through what that means at the moment trying to negotiate with roadshow okay (laughs) got it yeah so um yeah you got a couple months i think i think um i've I want to say that we've kind of experienced the same thing here where people are waiting a little bit just to see how things suss out and then um, and then putting in that commitment later on. It's a big commitment. Seven hours is a big commitment. It is. Yeah. And then plus, yeah, are, are you doing costumes uh, mandatory like most of the yep. U.S. events? Yeah, costumes are mandatory. Um, yeah, people are getting excited about the costumes. Oh, yeah. I think you have to. Like if I'm going as far as telling people they can't bring their phones in because I want the world to feel like that world and yeah, you're gonna uh-huh. I'm not sure if uh, stubbies and, and uh, singlets are going to be allowed yet. I'm not sure if that's post-apocalyptic attire or not. What do you think? Oh, gotcha. Stubbies? Do you know what stubbies are? They're the tiny I, little I'm... sort of blue work shorts that were sort of popular in the 70s and 80s over here. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. I got to look, look this one up. Hold on. Yeah. Yep, stubbies brand. It's on Wikipedia, but no pictures. Hold on. I can do this. I'm gonna. I'm looking it up as well. Oh, I'm... oh, okay. Like, uh, I they they kind of look like hot pants or like uh, yeah. like eighties um, beach shorts almost. Yeah, popular to be coupled with like a pair of thongs and a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, getting um, plenty of man thigh. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. Um, I think <laughs> that if you know, as long as you put some dirt on it, rough them up a little bit, stubbies are definitely post-apocalyptic. Yeah, well, I mean, you could have a whole clan of um, guys, you know, in stubbies and mullets, couldn't you? <laughs> Did you see yeah, the um, the Building Wasteland documentary that I put out uh, in 2017? Uh, I it, think I it, have. It was yeah. about the build crew. and Yes, um, I did. Yes, I did. And I remember and the, handing out the dog tags and stuff. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Do, you, do you remember the road crew that started in full uh, full clothing day one and then over the course of several yeah. days of building the road, they ended up in just hot pants? Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So do you have to keep maintaining that? That was the first site, though, wasn't it? That, that no, that, that, was, new, that was, was the, the new, site, new site, but it was yeah. the first time on the new site. And what they discovered was uh, because that dirt hadn't really been traveled on you know since the dinosaurs um yeah. <laughs> it uh it was really soft 
and cars kept getting stuck. Uh, and so they had to, you know, bring in all that gravel and create some roads. Yeah. Yeah, I was having to think about that when I was out on site. We got like a sandy, because it's a breakaway. Um, we kind of got like, it's kind of really hard clay underneath with sand on top. So I think uh-huh. it should be fine, but we'll find out. So gotcha. if people start getting bogged this year, then we'll go in there with some uh, cracker dust or blue metal or whatever. The next yeah, year. there you I go. Think, I think we should be fine. Cool. Cool. Um, so and- do, you, do you want me to send you some stubbies over? Uh, yeah, that'd be great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I, I if if I can get a pair of stubbies in time, uh, I'm I'll put I'll put one as my like my hot time of day costume piece, and then um, just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to get you a blue a blue singlet as well. Yeah, oh, I that- won't tell you what they call those. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, you know, with my tribe, uh, and that's our, you know we do our tribes as our as our camping groups, the Dukes of the Nuke. We have this uh, side project called Dukes After Dark, um, and uh, basically, Dukes After Dark is like this, this um, almost like oh shoot, like blue movies version of Dukes. Like when the lights go out, uh, things get a little, a, a little. What's the word? Not sexy. That's not the right word because <laughs> I don't know, it might be. <laughs> it might be. It might be. But um a couple years ago we did the Dukes After Dark calendar, which was um, you know, all all um uh pin up dukes, uh guys and girls. Oh just, yeah, yeah. Yep, having fun. And they actually just did their the calendar shoot for this year. Um and the picture is already coming out pretty great. Um, I'm right. hoping to get some, but it's been a very busy time of year. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, the Dukes of the Nuke, we're, we're already already into like the shorts and hot pants and, you know, showing the sexy side of the apocalypse. That's awesome. Yeah, we yeah. do a calendar, the church belligerents do a calendar as well, which is kind of like, yeah, sort of, uh, what would you call it? <laughs> we kind of theme them year after year. Uh, the, the 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 previous year we did like the Necronomicon, so everyone was dressed as like demon hunters or witches oh, nice. and things like this. And um, then this year we decided just to do like a metal theme, so all the pictures were black and white, and it was everyone kind of like being quite quite metal. But they're kind oh, of like pretty sweet. gothic sort of um, calendars. But we do we do sort of keep the ratio of like you know fifty percent guys and girls and. Uh-huh. And I think it works really good that way, you know. Like I like, I like that. It's like you, you're flicking through and like, oh, hello, oh, hello, you know. So um, <laughs> nice. yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to sort of. Um, is there somewhere I can get one of these uh, Dukes and Nukes colors? Can I, can they be purchased online or? Well, gifted item. Tell you what, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look into this because they did it as a like Kickstarter, and so they were kind of pre-purchased. Oh, yeah. But um, I'm going to try to convince them to also have some for sale because yeah. I, I think they need to be. And once they come out, now now people can really see, you know, what they're getting, what yeah. they're getting themselves into. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And we're going to have to hang one on the bar down at Pox Eclipse, you know. Yes. Check out oh, that would be things. fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah, let me look into that. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do to make it happen. And even if they don't do it, I'll do it and just throw them up in the Apocalypse Post store. And then, yeah, awesome. then they'll just have to deal with it. That's great. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about the costumes. I know that you've got some really cool set pieces that you guys are designing, um, but you've also got a bunch of vehicles um, set to show up. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, um, I'm just actually going to open the vehicles bit on the website because I've had a few jacks now. So, um, <laughs> so the <laughs> I was actually looking over over in the eastern states for an interceptor. I knew there was a person over there that had like a 
a variety bash. You know what a variety bash is? It's kind of like a cannonball run. They call them a variety oh, bash. Oh, okay. Here. They do yeah. fundraising like races where they just get bombs and they do them up, but they make them really reliable with their uh-huh. cars generally. Nice. So I knew there was one over east that was set up for a variety bash, and I thought, well, that would make it across the desert over here. And um, I started talking to um, my mate um, Craig, who's like a, a hot rod guy over here, and um, he told me that he knew of a guy in Perth that had an interceptor. And I said, well, do you reckon he'd be interested in bringing it up to this show? And he goes, oh, no, he wouldn't do that. I don't think it's like a show car. <laughs> I was like, oh, right, no worries. Do you reckon you could just ask him about it anyway? Oh, I'll see if I can find out, you know, get his number or something. Uh-huh. No anyway, two days later, he mentioned back. He goes, you wouldn't believe it, but he walked into my shop. And I told him about this pox clips thing, and he got so excited, and he um, wants to bring you know a trailer, his truck up, and he's going to load it up with cars, and he's bringing the interceptor. And I was like, oh, that's awesome! Oh, nice! That's so cool. So yeah, it's the um, black on black, like the first the first movie interceptor is coming up. Yeah, so super still a little bit clean. That. Yeah, it's pretty clean, but we'll get it dirty. <laughs> Should be a problem out there. Um, yeah, this black Bedford's coming out, like a, a truck that's sort of a being all done up to go off road um it's pretty cool lines on that you can check all these out on the website there's the yeah i'm following along it panzer kaffa which is like the um lifted volkswagen with the, yeah. the motor up the front uh-huh um and then the little black duck that's actually a i've got a flathead in it um so she puts along but very cool lines and these guys are going to be building sort of mounts to go around their rear axles to hold thunder sticks and stuff like that <laughs> Nice. Joan Wilder is my is Ollie's one of the directors F trucks. You know, so you can imagine uh-huh. getting around with some thunder sticks and especially yep. some war boys in the back. Uh, the Inglorious <laughs> Bastard is a daily driver, so that was a scratch built hot rod. Uh, it's Craig's one, and he's already built a rear rack on that for th- that can carry people. So he's nice. built a rack for the back of that, and that's going to be sort of bristling with um, thunder sticks as well. Can't wait to see all these thunder sticks. Yeah. The Duke of Death is um, one of um, Kevin's mates who's got the like it's quite you don't see a lot of these sort of American chargers in Australia. We've got a our own charger, which is kind of like a compact sort of version. Uh huh. They're really cool, actually, the Australian chargers. But you don't often see like a American charger around over here. So yes, um, that's going to be cool to see out there. It's matte black, so it's going to look really nice when it's covered in a bit of dust. Far car's really interesting. That was built by my mate um, Derek. He'll be one of the official photographers on site as well. But uh-huh. it's an electric electric drive. So um, if you oh, look wow. at the rear wheel, there's a wheel on top of a wheel. That wheel spins in reverse and spins the wheel forward. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of imagine that being kind of like a trader's car, you know, like something that puts through the desert that's got, you know, water hanging off of it or something and they, they trade. It's a black right. Car. And the Rat Patrol is a little Jeep that the guys are putting together, the Craig and all that as well. So that those are the cars that we got on there. But in the background, there's probably about another 12 cars just sitting there waiting to be sort of put across the line. So... There's awesome. guys sending their cards through on that form and we're just sort of sifting through them and getting them sort of registered to come on a site and all that kind of stuff, making recommendations. Some of them aren't quite like there as far as what we need thematically. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, we're just sort of chatting to those guys and sort of talking them through it. So there's quite a few cars coming. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. And this is this is an awesome lineup. I love that you actually have them kind of like the profiles on your website so you can kind of like you know get get amped up about what's going to be out there that's pretty cool yeah i can't wait to add the next batch we're just going to get those process and then it's going to look very full that page so um yeah i can't wait to add the next batch fantastic um so especially uh, with that trans am the lifted trans am i can't wait to get on there if the guys get it finished oh nice 
Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm not too up to date on uh, my Australian geology. Geology? Yep. No, that's not right. Just geography. Where, geography. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> where Where is this location um, compared to like, are, are there any Mad Max filming locations near where you're going to hold the, the uh, Pox Eclipse? No. Because they were all on the East Coast, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, interesting, like when you drive into Kew, like that town actually reminds me a lot of Silverton. Like it just, uh-huh. it's got that look about it. Like very, very old buildings. The streets are kind of empty. Um, a lot of the buildings are empty as well. The, the the shop fronts and stuff, there's nothing in them, you know? Yeah. So it's got that vibe about it. I just, I think that was one of the things that attracted me to the town is that it's got that sort of, so when we do the event, when we open up on the Thursday, we're going to actually do like a, the cars start in the town. So we're going to actually do a bit of a show through the town. Oh, cool. I've uh, been looking everywhere for like a club that has vintage Kawasaki's in West uh-huh. Australia so I could get them to come into town and sort of rev up and all that kind of stuff, but I can't find any. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. There's no actual clubs at the existence, so I'm going to have to sort of reach out a bit further and see if we can find some fanboys somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah, the town's, the town's um, beautiful. It's That was the question, geography. No, it's nowhere near any Mad Max filming locations. It's right. way, way away from them. Um, gotcha. I, I did do a search for anything that was filmed in Western Australia one time and found something on Wikipedia that mentioned a town, um, but then I couldn't find anything else about it. It was just like location, dirt, Mad Max, and that was it. Right. There was nothing. I couldn't find anything to verify it. So that would be a question for our good friend, George Miller. Yep. <laughs> I don't think and- there's been any pickups or anything over here. And um, they did confirm this year that uh, Furiosa, the prequel, is going to be filmed in Australia, which is great to bring it back home. Um, yeah, but I'm really excited that's about happening, that. That's in the Northern Territory, right? That they're going to shoot that? Am I, am I way No, off? they're back over. Well, as far as I'm aware, they're back over around Broken Hill area. That's, oh, they are? That's, yeah, as far as I know. But you might know something I don't. So. Gotcha. I just remember hearing something, I, you know, because I think they wanted to keep that same... Um, that same look that they found in Africa. Um, so it might be just a little bit more. You get people say all these kind of cryptic things and you start sort of piecing <laughs> know, things together, you know, like uh, um, something come up. Oh, I probably shouldn't say too much. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think there's going to be some green in this one. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That makes sense because yeah. there is supposed to be the green place. Yeah, I think so. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's it's like people just say things and you just start putting things together because you're obsessed. You're obsessive, you know? So, right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. We'll and I think you're right. I, I just looked it back up and it's North South Wales. So, e- either way, I'm yeah. pretty excited. Yeah. I Did I say North South, South Wales? I just sound like an idiot sometimes. When Northern I'm Territory or something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, um, North South Wales is a great place. <laughs> 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 new south wales the new one not the north one oh, you know what I, you know what i need to do i need to i need to come and just you can drive around like you don't, you wouldn't drive through the desert but you can kind of drive around the coast right pretty comfortably is that how you <laughs> hang on are you talking about driving you want to drive around the coast in australia yeah just go do the whole loop that will help me like know where everything is you should do uh, like i want to do that like seriously yeah. that is like most Australians want to do that trip because how, it's huge. It's huge. How, how long does it take? Well, you, you'd probably want a couple of months at least. Really? At, at least, yeah. It's huge. Oh. It's like, so I've been across the Nullarbor. Uh-huh. That's, um, I'm too drunk to actually. I think it's 3,000 Ks. Okay. What's the Nullarbor? That's, that's so, 
Have you ever? Have you ever? I'm going to digress a little bit here, but have you ever yeah. read the um the 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 novelization of um Mad Max, the first Mad Max? No, movie? I have not. It's really interesting. It's like because um the bits where the gangs are like attacking the tankers and all that kind of stuff that was uh-huh. supposedly supposed to be on like a super highway. So I always yeah. imagined that this super highway kind of being the Nullarbor, like a widened version of the Nullarbor. It's basically a road that sort of cuts through Australia from one side to the other. Okay. And it's an amazing drive. It's great. It's like you're just driving hours and hours and hours with nothing but sort of desert to look at. Oh, gotcha. Um, but I always imagined that being like the super highway from, from that Mad Max novelization uh-huh. because the, the idea, the concept from my memory was that um, there's these fuel tankers that go across transporting the fuel across there. And when the oil crisis sort of hit, society's sort of going into decay and all that, the um, the gangs sort of go out to attack these oil tankers. And the, F, the MFP were like a... A police force put together to deal with these guys and we're stealing all the fuel so um that's that that's the nullaby ah gotcha 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 we drove across that in my mate's dodge phoenix he was building this 318 in his fireplace Uh years ago he had this block just in his fireplace in his bedroom and he was building it and i moved out of that house and then a couple of years later he called me up and said chris i need you to come and sign the bond release forms Okay, no worries. So I went over there and signed it. Guys, and the and the motor wasn't in the fireplace anymore. Where, where's your 318? I'll put it in the Phoenix. I'm going to drive it across the Nullarbor in a couple of days. As I was like, no <laughs> shit. He's like, yeah, you should come. And I was like, I fucking should come. So um, <laughs> we jumped in the car and off we went across the Nullarbor in the Dodge Phoenix. Nice. How long did that take to cross? Uh, we had a couple of breakdowns and things, um, but we still made pretty good time. I think about three days. We um, Oh, wow. We camped. We camped. Well, we, yeah, it was about three days. Yeah, Got it. So um, it. We, we, we broke down in a place called Norseman. And, um, well, we had a flat tire, I think. And we changed that there. And we got just outside of Norseman and the alternator bracket broke. And uh-huh. the mate Eddie was having a meltdown on the side of the road. Oh, we're stuck. We're stuck here in the middle of nowhere. No, we're not. We're all right, mate. So I we went out into the bush and got a bit of um, fencing wire and put it onto the alternator bolt. And then against another bolt on the block. And I got the hammer out of the boot and I sort of twitched the wire up and tensioned the alternator back up. And then that got us all the way across the Port Adelaide like that. That is pretty nuts. That is like some true wasteland fashioning right there. <laughs> it was pretty happy about it because we were back on the road. So, um, yeah. <laughs> good. I guess, uh, yeah, it's always good to have that, that mechanical know-how or electric know-how in this case. But, um, yeah, good save. Cause yeah, we got, we got there. Getting stuck in the desert is never a good thing. The, the main issue with it was it was all connected up to the, the fan belt and everything. So, like, we had no cooling. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Don't want that in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Oh, good times. Well, um, yeah. The, it, it's pretty interesting because I've, I've crossed the American desert several times, and there's there's spots where you go, you know, an hour without you know, driving 80 miles an hour or 100 and some odd kilometers. I don't know, give or take. Um, and um, you don't pass any towns, you, and, and all the old gas stations are defunct. They're, they're just not there anymore. So you, you kind of like just hope that you get to keep going. And if you do break down, you still have a cell phone signal. You know, it's it can get pretty hairy. Yeah, which is it's it's it's, it's, it's like over you know in Australia, like in Western Australia, especially, you you got to drive a long way to get anywhere. Like yeah. where I live in Tom Price, it's four hours to get to the coast. Like uh-huh. to get to any town that's sort of got anything in it, to you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
if you want to go and you know buy a burger or something <laughs> <laughs> is that right <laughs> well if it's going to be like a hungry jacks type one or a mcdonald's type one yeah uh-huh so, so you're pretty isolated where you are we're, we're pretty isolated. If you look up Tom Price on Google Earth and you zoom in, you'll see like a little patch of green in the middle of nowhere, like in the desert. It's just a patch of green uh-huh. because it's just groundwater. That's a, you've got places similar to that in, in the States, but it's just interesting because it's just a tiny little dot of green, like in the middle of nowhere. It's a mining town, so it's just a it's a mine, it's a couple of mine sites that are, and the, the town exists pretty much solely to support that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's um, pretty wild. Yeah. There's an interesting spot to look at on Google Earth because you can see how sort of isolated it is. Like it's just, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kilometers of just red dirt around this little green patch. Uh-huh. But um, interestingly, there's a place out here, like a, a nature reserve called Karajini. And um, uh-huh. it's um, basically like uh, gorges that go down into the ground that have been cut away by erosion over thousands of years. And um they're, these deep gorges are full of, you know, water, beautiful ponds that you can swim in and stuff. Probably about um, an hour from where I live here. Very nice. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Cool. So there's a lot of people coming up here at the moment with the with COVID and everything going on because people can't travel internationally and uh-huh. even even tr- over the other states, it's hard. So they're all coming up through here and we've got a lot of visitors and tourists. Nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it always helps when uh, people are kind of exploring their surroundings a little bit more, um, yeah. just to get to know, you know, because I've, like, I've crossed the U.S. several times. I absolutely love crossing the country because you go from the green to the to the plains to the mountains to the desert. It's it's so fun, and I think that, um, you know, that's something that not everybody gets to appreciate is is just being able to, like, you know, see their whole country yeah. like that, that's you know? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I want to get back to uh, Pox Eclipse. Um, what do you see for this? I know you've talked about you guys have kind of got a three-year plan, but what do you want to see happen to this event over time? Um, well, I think, and this is probably something that my um, teammates would probably disagree with me as well. Like we were talking about numbers <laughs> of events earlier. Uh-huh. I think something happens when you go over 1,500 people. I think something happens, like the dynamic changes a little bit, becomes uh-huh. less... I don't know. Something I think maybe less community or less. There's something. Something changes that I've just seen happen to events over fifteen hundred. So I'd yeah. like to see it capped at fifteen hundred. I'd like to see it grow to fifteen hundred. They cap it, but then uh-huh. they might disagree with that, and I have to respect everyone's decisions. <laughs> over the next three years, I'd like to see it get to you know eight hundred to a thousand people, so that we uh-huh. can pay our artists. I want to pay the performers that are coming up awesome. and run it like you know an event where the talent that's coming can be paid for what they do. That's what I'd really like to see. I think there needs to be more of that. There's so much, so much talent in Western Australia that needs to be supported. And, um, again, it just, um, I'm super proud that like I have these friends that are so talented, that are willing to come out and help us to get this thing off the ground. Um, Yeah. I'd like to see them guys get paid. Um, that's sort of the vision. And, um, we may outgrow the space that we're in. We may have to look at potentially getting another, another space or like a lot of a lot of um, wastelanders do is buy a sort of a property uh-huh so we could potentially look into that but for the next three years we'll definitely remain in queue and help to sort of um invigorate the town through our event um and yeah just watch the community grow well, the guys that are involved in it so far are very very excited and they want to see more and we haven't even done the first one so yeah that's um, awesome i just want to see that community grow and um Involve like 
all the all the, the the OG Mad Max guys, all the actors from the first film and through through to the the last film, they're all so so keen on doing Mad Max stuff still. Oh, great! They, they just they just want to they want to go to events like they love going to Japan and going to events over there. Uh-huh. And some have been to Wasteland and they love that. They are uh-huh. really into it, and um, I'd love to see those guys sort of and be able to pay to get them to come across and yeah. experience this as well. Um, I was speaking to Roger Ward about it the other day, actually. Um, he's sort of helping us out with a little um, promotional video. Oh, and um, he was asking me about the event and he was really excited about the potential of it growing and sticking around for a while. And he was you know, saying, can some of us come across? And I was like, I'd love to see that happen, mate. I'd yeah. love to see that happen. But we just need to get to a point where we can actually get years across. You know, of course. Like, you know, post-COVID and when there's a bit of money in the bank. I'd love to see you guys come across, but he's so supportive. He's such a lovely fella. Um, and Iota as well. I was talking to Iota the other day. Uh-huh. And um, he's so, he's as into, he's into Mad Max just as much as I am. You know what I mean? Like, he, Yeah, that's great. He um, he went to um, the Mandra, he's from Western Australia, and he went to he went the Mandra um, cinema and watched... Uh, road warrior with his dad when he was a kid and it made a huge impact oh yes he's loved mad max ever since and so when the opportunity came up to go for a role in fury road he was he he went in there like charged in there you know and (laughs) and and won him over and got the role and his dream was to be in that film and he he aced it like everyone just loves that character Uh oh it's so good yeah one of the um, favorites he sticks out and he's so memorable even though he doesn't have a line (laughs) yeah and um, he he he's super keen to come to the show as well. He just they just they want to come, you know. Like um, yeah. And I just want to, you know, when you talk about where I want to see this event, I'd love to be able to see um, people just come and and experience it, like in a different space, like see how we do Mad Max. Yeah, it's it's um, it's interesting because I know that um, you know the 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 guys who run wasteland they were talking in the early years about you know can we get like a george miller to show up and that kind of thing and and i think one of the things that came up was we we'd love to invite them but i don't think we can give them the star service you know we can't we can't really give them a green room or or give them an air-conditioned space to like hang out in or anything like that and um but i think it's also kind of like um like you're 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 saying that iota might want to come hang out but it would almost be better when it's smaller because then they're not going to be inundated with, you know, hungry fans. Uh, yeah, I think he feels the same way. Like yeah. when he asked me about the size of the event, he goes, oh, it's a boutique size. That sounds really nice. Yeah. So I Wait. just said to him, look, look, mate, I'm going to make you the costume anyway. If you decide to come, it'll be with you. <laughs> Which costume? The doof? Yeah. So I'm, make- I'm, putting, I'm piecing it together at the moment, yeah. And, and he, said, he says, uh, that's the spirit. <laughs> oh heck yes that's amazing so yeah, good so some other things going on in the background like people really you know it's such an amazing community this uh-huh. there's um uh, like yeah um there's a documentary and i probably should mention it but um that is coming out and i was lucky enough to see it um one of my mates works in the film industry and we had a preview uh-huh. uh screening type thing um it's called um Beyond the Wasteland. Uh-huh. Have you heard of that one? Um, it sounds really familiar. Um, it's It was filmed, so it's, it's sort of like filmed across different events. Um, uh-huh. It, the, the, the guys that made it sort of traveled to, they went to the Silverton show and they went to, I think they went oh, to nice. Japan and check one out over there. I think they went to Wasteland as well. 
uh-huh. um, but it's just so well made. So well made. It's absolutely oh, yeah. gorgeous. It opens up with this scene of the interceptor just parked at the driving with the sort of sun setting down on it. And it's all it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And I won't go into too much about it. Um, Is but, that um, not released yet? It's not released yet, no. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And it's... um. I was just so excited to watch it because it was. Um, there's been a lot of really great um, documentaries that have come out around the actual scene, but uh-huh. I haven't seen one as beautiful as this. Like it's nice. just shot. The um, the he's um, I, the director, um, the creator of the film. His name's Eddie. I can't pronounce his last name. It's Baruthi, <laughs> I think Baruthi. So uh-huh. Eddie, sorry if I didn't pronounce that right. But we've, we've just been having some chats and like trying to get that to play because it's. It's just an amazing film. There's another film that, because um, uh, my partner and I, we play um, films at different events, Wave Rock, mm-hmm. and um, there's a group, there's a um, couple of people that produce films over here called Soda Jerk, and they made this film called um, Terra Nullius, and it's um, basically a collage of a whole bunch of old Australian like, exploitation films and some Got newer it. ones as well. There's a bit of um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert and stuff like that in there, but they very cleverly stitched this thing together into like a socio-political commentary and it's amazing to watch there's a lot of mad, oh, there's mad max in there there's a lot of mad max actually mad max is kind of like the um almost like the narrative that you're following through the story in a way uh-huh. and then there's the bmx band that's thrown in there it's absolutely hilarious and worth a watch and it's available on vimeo now so you guys just watch it terra nullius it's amazing and we'll be playing it again at um at our pox clips awesome well that's great and um, any idea how to spell that? Terra is actually like terror, like not terror. Yeah. T-E-R-R-O-R. Terror. Terror. Oh, okay. Nullius. And Nullius is just how you spell it. N-U-L-L-I-U-S. Perfect. So for the for the Americans, terror. Is that how you say it? No, we would say like terror. Okay, cool. Yeah. Terror Nullius. Terror Nullius. Yeah. It's... So for a long time, I think it was on the festival circuit for about four or five years, and people would always ask us about it because we just we would only play it with permission from Soda Jerk. So if there was an event, I'd email them, "Can we play a film?" Yes, we'd love to see. But they they have a sort of expectation about how it's presented. But we were doing uh-huh. kind of goofy, different stuff like cinema buses, and you know, like they love the idea of a wasteland event um, nice. and things like that. So they, they they're very much into the location and what you're doing with it. Um, you said this is available on on Vimeo. It's on Vimeo. It's on Vimeo now. Yeah, but it was oh, it wasn't available for a really long time. So people just keep hitting us up for it. It's like, oh, can we watch it? No, you can't because you know we we're we're bound by an agreement. Right. With Soda Jerk. We only play it at festivals when we've got permission. Yeah. Got so, it. Okay. Um, but they people screaming out. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, Perfect. I'm gonna see if I can't drop a guys. Look in the show notes. I'm gonna go ahead and just drop this uh, Terra Nullius right there so you can see what we're talking about and uh already i can tell this is going to be a great film yeah there's a little preview there that was out for a long time where uh sort of pauline hansen i think cops the boomerang or something like that i can't can't recall i think she something happens there pauline yeah. hansen's there it's, it's got there's a lot of like sort of uh australian political stuff in there but oh, um even if you're not aware of everything that's going on it's still very funny yep and uh just to just to uh, full, what is it called? Full disclosure. It looks like it rents for four ninety nine, but support other artists because uh, it's worth it. Because then you get more films like this. These guys are amazing. You watch this thing, and it's like you, 
you can just imagine how many hours they spent like trawling through all these all this footage and piecing it together in such a way that it actually is like a storyline it's um yeah it's very good right awesome and uh yeah we'll keep an eye out for beyond the wasteland that's looks like it's supposed to come out maybe next year maybe it's i mean it's probably going to go into festival circuit because a lot of these do and then it they will, come yeah. out at some point later yeah awesome. so eddie said suggested that potentially he'll have it available to sort of release for festivals and things around the 26th of august which is going to be very tight for us to obtain oh, yeah. it and show it but it is absolutely gorgeous so hats off to you eddie mate i know i've already given you plenty of kudos on uh, messenger <laughs> but amazing amazing documentary and everyone's going to be super happy to see that one awesome. um, there's an older one called welcome to wherever you are as well uh-huh um aaron stevenson did and you can actually watch that on youtube um, but he sent me a bunch of DVDs that we're going to show um, down there as well. Uh, well, oh, nice. you are in the Green Capital. So they were, they were some guys that were into it early on and um, built themselves like a rough and tumble interceptor. Uh huh. And um, and uh, went on a bit of a mission to drive it up to uh, Broken Hill and Silverton. Very good. And interviews like, like Grant Pages in there and. Yeah, cool. that's interesting. Oh, very nice. All right, well, um, I think we're just about rounding things out. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about Pox Eclipse? What What else should people know? Um, especially, like, you know, what should they do to be prepared for this? Um, prepared, I would um, be sort of bringing some fairly good quality camping gear. Um, make sure you bring warm things, like a really good sleeping bag, lots of rugs and cushions and things like that, so you can um, stay warm at night. Um just be prepared to, um, you know, any like any burn event or anything, bring the things that you require to sort of keep yourself tidy during the three days and um, the any creature comforts that you require. And um, make sure you put heaps of effort into your costumes because I've seen some of them out there and there's people putting in some amazing effort in there, so give that a crack. Um, there's Nerf um, guns are allowed, again, with um, Australia being a little bit different with the laws and everything to America. We can't have any sort of weaponry that is looks too real. Or that's right, it can't um, even look real, huh? You can't have like a no. like a plastic recreation or anything like that. No, we just went through a thing in Western Australia where they um, banned airsoft, so it came in for a little while and got banned. Oh wow! So they're just a bit too realistic, and the police don't like those, so they're gone. Um, and anything, you know, knives, machetes, things like that, we don't want people carrying them around just in case. Like the police won't allow it, and also. We don't want any accidents occurring there. So yeah. that's where we sort of get a little bit into more into the LARP um, space where, you know, you're going to have um, sort of weapons and things made of foam and, and Nerf guns. But I've seen some of the Nerf uh -huh. guns that are people are decorating and they look amazing. And we'll be using those at a bit of a capture the flag event as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. with, with, with rules like that, where you can't have anything too realistic, that must um, spoil some pictures. But it sounds like you guys are getting really creative and... yeah making them look yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, well, I just finished painting up my uh, arrival um, sh shotgun thing and it looks great. And I want to yeah. make a back holster and everything for it. So, you know, we're walking around with a, you know, the um, sawn off sort of handle sticking off the uh -huh. back and everything like that. So, yeah, I, I think um, there's ways around it. Like, I think uh, I think it'll it'll work well in its own way. Like, it's going to be... The um, Pogs Clips, as more information comes out, will start to understand that is quite a bit different to Wasteland Weekend, but then still yeah. very much the same, especially in spirit. Like, I can't wait to see people in the Thunderdome bouncing up and down, beating the hell out of each other with Juggers <laughs> weapons and the Juggers fighting. And we've got Berserkers coming up, um, sort of professional uh, reenactment guys 
They're awesome. going to be fighting in the Thunderdome as well, so there'll be Clash of Steel on Steel there. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a really good time. And it also sounds like you guys are, are, are building this like a thousand people are showing up regardless of how many tickets you sell. That's interesting you say that. Yeah, because it, it is it is very much like that. I think we want to see the guys that are sort of building this. They want to see everything that we've seen, you know, down there. Yeah. And um, we're just lucky enough to be connected to enough people that we can sort of make that happen. We know people that have geodesic tones. Uh-huh. Um, we know we know people that are very experienced in bar service in the bar industry. We know people that do theatrical stuff, so we can build a cabro. We know you know bands, and we know people that are doing juggers games already. We know reenactment guys, and um, we know hot rod guys. So. We got all the ingredients. That's and, um, that's so yeah. fun. Yeah, it sounds like there's just going to be a huge party going on. It's uh, going to be a massive party, yeah. And yeah. Um, I think after the first year, when all the um, vision goes out and and people have an understanding of what we are doing out there and uh-huh. sort of the scale of it, you know, um, a lot more people will come to the next one. Yeah, and I'll say, you know, if if you guys are thinking about going, um, especially if you're if you're local to the western coast of Australia, um, I saw a few pictures a few advertisements come out for wasteland weekend the first year that was 2011 i missed it because i don't know i just didn't go but then when those pictures came out i was filled with so much regret not i mean the good kind of regret though where it was like i am not missing another one of those and i haven't no i'm sorry it was 2010 and then i made it for 2011 um but I was like, I'm never going to miss another one of these because, you know, the FOMO is real and you guys are going to see the pictures come out of Pox Eclipse and go, I should have been there. So buy your tickets now. Um, <laughs> that That is my, that's my warning to you guys. You don't want to miss the first of these events because, you know, this is where the event's going to get built. This is where you get to have a chance to be a part of where it's going to go. Does that sound about right? Am I over overselling this or what do you think no that's absolutely correct it's, 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 it's the same as any first event you go to like uh you you when when you go to this event the first year you, you know it, you will leave knowing that it is something special yeah and it will continue to be something special awesome. i already know it. i've been to heaps of these first events um and you always work away go walk away sort of fulfilled and with the understanding that this is going to grow into something really really special so yeah definitely come along Awesome. Come to cute. Right. Yeah. And one more time, give us, give me all that, all the info, the website. I know you don't like it, but the social media, uh, where can everyone find all the information they need? Well, if you put pox-eclipse into Facebook, we're there now, but I'm not sure for how long because um, I'm going to have to do something about that. Yeah, but <laughs> we're there. There's also a bunch of unofficial pages. There's some being run by LARP groups on there. And there's some, there's an, an actual unofficial one there that's Someone I think over East started up and that's a lot of good conversations going on there. And you'll probably find more information on those pages than you will on the official one because it's kind of like just sat there as a placeholder so people can add it to their calendars and things like that. So the event is in there. Um, there is an Instagram page that does have some followers, but it's not connected to the Facebook page. So if you search pox-eclipse in Instagram, you'll find some stuff. And I'm sure that's going to get quite beefed up after the event when all the photos drop. And then the website is where you'll find the majority of the information pox-eclipse.com and if you have a look around on there you'll find a subscribe button and we send out a MailChimp every Friday um, that may intensify getting close to the event we might drop two or three items um, during the week we'll see how we go but a lot of the information is coming through that MailChimp mail out and it's good information with a lot of links which will take you to the ticketing site uh, tickets are being sold through Quicket 
Um, so if you put in quick at pox-eclipse, you'll find tickets. And there's all sorts of ticket tiers and things that you can purchase on there, like the bounty hunted boomerangs and um, there's hotel packages on there as well now. So you can actually oh, nice. stay in queue and get a shuttle bus to site. If you are older or you um, really, really dislike camping, there's five rooms left. <laughs> they are dwindling fast <laughs> they, are, they, they are and they will awesome. um, but yeah camping is what i like to do so bring some good quality camping gear and come along oh yeah and that's uh something i, I forget to ask you what's the uh, temperature you're expecting this year i think i think we're going to get low like you know the lows will be about 10 10 11 type thing uh-huh. um, that's what the predictions are at the moment currently and um then highs around 25 26 during the day so all right and that's yeah. um 50 degrees on the low, 77 degrees if you're... Uh, oh, you've got your calculator open. Yep, yeah. I, <laughs> so that's pretty good. That Those are pretty cool days, um, but that'll make for some pretty chilly nights. So definitely layer up. Yeah. And there's, um, just to add to that, like there's a, a barter town as well, which is set up oh, where awesome. vendors will be trading. And there's I've seen some... Um, actually, my partner's mum is starting a, a store there, like... Um, a barter town store and i think they're going to be calling it the volvolini or many mothers something uh-huh. like that but she's actually selling all she's been really hard at work making all these apocalyptic clothes and um like oh, nice. and, and uh and they're selling those and, and uh, amazing stuff like really really cool stuff there's a guy that's um john riddle good mate of mine he's going to be making casts like um casting buckles and badges and things like that and selling those amongst a lot of other junky bits of car parts and things like that which is really cool there's someone selling pickles. There's someone selling dog food. There's awesome. someone selling modified Nerf guns. And so there's that's really coming along. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, and that reminds me of one of the coolest things. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of throwing this in at the end. Um, yeah. You guys are doing bottle cap currency. We are. We're site. really encouraging the bottle cap stuff. So like, and obviously straight from Wasteland Weekend. Um, so the currency thing, um, with my experience with events and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure if you guys do this in the states, but you might go to an event and you, um, you'll you'll charge your card and then they'll give you tickets, like paper tickets, yeah, to buy alcohol with at the event. Um, that works really well over here for bar service because the people at the bar aren't dealing with cash and all that kind of stuff. So, right. because we're working under liquor licensing laws in Australia, we are actually having bottle cap currency. So you trade cash for caps and preferably order them beforehand and you can pick them up at the event. And when oh, you go to the bar or when you go to get food, you actually pay with bottle caps, which have um, a nominated currency against them. <laughs> that's will be mixed up with all the other bottle caps that don't have currency attached to them. Of course. Yeah. yeah so, so you must be making like a special bottle cap. Um, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And the, and the thing is it's, it's, it's um, made specifically for this year only. So, when we have all those bottle caps left over, then they're going to make really great sort of like badges, trinkets, tradables. Uh-huh. We'll have to send a bunch over to Wasteland Weekend so people can share them around over there. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. I know um, how that's much really you cool. guys love bottle caps. <laughs> we do love bottle caps. Yeah. All of our tribes, you know, and a lot of a lot of people individually, they'll make their own custom bottle cap to barter and like give away. Um, yeah. In very yeah. Burning Man fashion, you know, yeah, you kind of gift like them there's around. There's a lot, quite a few people already over here starting to conceptualize and start putting together bottle caps. There is a casino that's coming together over here, and they'll have uh-huh. their bottle cap currency as well. Nice. Um, and I saw on the unofficial page there was a few people sharing links where they can get bottle caps from. So I'm looking forward to seeing a few bottle caps being thrown around and traded out there. 
Um, oh, cool. And yeah, I definitely will swap some addresses and things like that, makeshift, and I'll send you a big bag of cats over after you oh, to share around. Yeah, that would be tons of fun. Oh, and that'd be a great, yeah, I could kind of spread the word over here by giving out some Pox Eclipse bottle caps. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy these caps. Oh, heck yeah. Nice. Um, well, that sounds really cool. And I'm glad that you're kind of taking the next step with the bottle caps because here, you know, for we use them, the Last Chance Casino has their own custom for the casino. Um, the rest of them are either just plain bottle caps for fun um, from everyone's drinking beers. And um, of course, the custom made ones that are more like tradables. But I think it's really cool that you're actually connecting them to a real currency. Um, so it, it adds that next level of value, that next like that next element of like fallout value. Yeah, interesting. We with the church belligerence stuff that we did, we actually got our own coins made. So we uh-huh. have a big chest of coins, and we did the same thing. So at events, people would just charge a card and trade them for coins, and all night just coins would be traded. But what you find happens is that people want to keep them. They just love they love the coins <laughs> of custom. So they just walk around with a pocket full of them, and they're quite happy just keeping them and throwing them around, and giving them to their friends and things like that. Oh, those stay fantastic. in circulation though. Those coins, if you come back to a church belligerence event, they always have a monetary value attached. Oh, to nice. And they can't be um, uh, recreated. They can't be. What am I looking for? The word? No, it'd be very hard to get them recreated. We yeah. we ordered them in bulk with a with a die and everything, so they were. Oh god, it. it wouldn't be worth your time to try and um, right recreate them. But oh, um, cool. the uh, the caps they only last for the one year. So every year we'll we'll make a new bunch of caps. So this year we've got ten thousand caps. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot awesome. of caps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <It sure> is. <laughs> and what do you know what the what the each of their value is going to be yet? They're, they're just in five dollar increments. So if you go to a bar to get a beer, it's five dollars for a beer. If you go to a bar to get a spirits, it's ten dollars for a spirits type, uh-huh. thing, which is actually quite cheap comparatively to most um, bars over here. So we wanted to keep all the prices down. We want to make it affordable for people. So yeah. Um, and the benefit of that, I guess, is that you don't actually have to bring all your alcohol and everything up with you. Um, and um, yeah, same with the food vendors and things like that. It's just like if you the small um, food item, it's five dollars. The larger food item, it's ten dollars. I think. Oh, perfect. Just keep it simple. Yeah, keeping it simple. Okay. Nice, awesome. Well, that's great, and uh, it's it's always a great service to provide is to like you know bring some of those necessities so that people don't can they can spend their time enjoying the festival and not necessarily back in camp cooking all the time. That's right. Yeah, and um, also the barter it gives the barter town guys opportunity to to um, make some money there as well. Right. Whether they're bartering or selling items. So we actually, they can cash in their caps. So if the um, barter town guys that take in um, 40 caps of the day, they can just come at the end of the event and cash them in. Oh, fantastic. Nice. I, I like it. And I'm really curious to see how it works. I, it sounds like you've got it figured out. Um, that I'd love to see something like that happen here in the States. Um, when we the, um, get all the footage together, make sure I'm going to have to send you some stuff over to see. Oh, please do. Get curious. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to see what you guys put together. Me neither. I'm excited and scared <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for hanging out with me today and telling me all about Pox Eclipse. No, it's been great talking, mate. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, you've got the website. Um, check it out in the show notes. I'll link everything down there. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Apocalypse Postcast. Um, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening, leave a, uh, review if you can, it helps me out with the algorithms. Um, and of course, if you feel like helping to support this show, you can always go to patreon.com slash the apocalypse post and throw any amount you want. And of course you'll get access to every episode a few days early, which is always a nice little bonus. 
Um, if you liked this episode, send it to your friends. And if you hated it, send it to your enemies on a fireball launched from a truck mounted trebuchet. <laughs> I wrote that one down as soon as you said it. <laughs> and um, just from me, a shout out to the community. You guys have been so supportive. Everyone from Wasteland through the Silverton Collective, Cold of Chrome, shout out to you guys, all the guys from the film, um, the actors, the guys that are making all the documentaries. The community is amazing. You're all awesome. Shout out to you, Co, as well. I love what you do. And um, catch us out in the wasteland. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Stay alive. Hey, survivors, makeshift here to remind you that the Apocalypse Post is brought to you in no small way by our Patreon supporters. Join the ranks for early access and exclusive content with support levels now named for fancy Fallout-ridden factions like the $2 per creation Drifter or the $7 Wastelander. Knowing you've got my back has helped me dedicate more time to this channel, spreading love of the post-apocalypse, and less time on stupid real-world stuff. Sign up right now at patreon.com backslash theapocalypsepost.